This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley. Here today to, to talk a little bit of news around the league as, as things are changing quickly here and there. Uh, we'll get into the Stanley Cup Finals a little bit, but first, the news of the day. The Pittsburgh Penguins are apparently at least attempting to make a trade of Patrick Hornquist for Mike Matheson of the Florida Panthers, which is kind of a weird trade from both sides that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but we can dive into this. And and first of all, it's not even completed yet due to a couple of unusual factors by the sound of it, AJ. Yeah, it's... First of all... (laughs) Don't appreciate this trade leaking uh, today of yeah, all days. Right. When we're about uh, to have a Pittsburgh beat writer come on yeah, our show. We, we had planned part of our show around a, a Penguins writer coming on as a guest who obviously has other things that he has to do now. So don't appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the from a, from a hockey perspective, uh, these are two Eastern teams, so... Like the Colorado angle on this one doesn't exist. Not super affected. Um, this was kind of what we talked about though going into this off season, where I said, "Hey, I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of money for money trades. Teams are teams are gonna have to give guys up on contracts that they maybe like in order to get better because nobody was planning for the flat cap, and because of that, you know, there's not gonna be the money in UFA that there usually is." And I think this is just kind of the beginning uh, yep. of what what should be a busy off season. Where if teams really want to get better, they're going to have to move out guys who have either helped them accomplish things or guys that that, that teams have good relationships with, like a Pittsburgh with a Hornquist. And from from the perspective of these two teams, an odd deal, like. I get Florida trying to get out from Mike Matheson's deal. There was a weird deal when it was made because eight years is a super long commitment to like, at the time he was like a second pairing guy. Yep. And since then his shine has come off yeah, a little bit. Not he's played better. He's played forward a bunch and he was a healthy scratch at the end of their, uh, at the end of their series against the Islanders. Like, Still six a, years left on that deal. Right. Like this is this is they're they're kind of in the position where Colorado is in with Tyson Jost a little bit, where you're like, ah, what do you do with this guy? He doesn't really fit. He's not quite good enough to consistently have in your lineup every single day when everybody's healthy, but he's also, you know, he's here. Except that he has an eight-year deal that pays him just under five million dollars. So you have a way bigger problem on your hands. And so I get I get them Yeah, at least them trying to move on from Matheson makes some sense. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that a team that needs defense would move out a defender, but like they weren't even they weren't even playing the guy. Right. So you it, know, like this the the their desire to get rid of Matheson makes sense. Pittsburgh's desire to add Matheson doesn't makes absolutely zero sense to me. They already have a pretty rounded out decor of guys that they're paying. Um, and through next year, they have eight, nine D 
are currently on their NHL roster. Obviously, they'll have to sort some stuff out, but they're paying five guys over a million bucks. So, and then the other side of this this coin for Pittsburgh is it's not like they have a ton of cap to work with. I guess they shed about five hundred k if it's Hornquist going back the other way with no intricacies to the deal. Yeah, assuming assuming no retention and anything like that going on. Yeah, so I guess they save a little bit there, but. It sounds like, well, first of all, it's another super duper long-term contract that Pittsburgh commits themselves to, which is super confusing to me, given they already have deals like Brandon Tanev, Jack Johnson, and and Marcus Pedersen signed for an eternity. Yeah. And like Marcus Pedersen is the kind of guy you sign to a deal like that. He's he's shown himself to be a second pairing guy, and he's 24 years old. Sure. This makes sense. The Jack Johnson deal didn't make sense when it was made. The Jack Johnson deal makes no sense today. The Jack Johnson deal is one that they're just going to have to go down with the ship with. Yep. Because there's not there's there's no getting rid of that deal, you know, and at at this point buying it out, you know, it that's a 6-year commitment if yep. they wanted to buy out that deal. He would be on the books for 6 years. Now the the cap hit wouldn't be enormous. So they could do that, but Jim Rutherford has on record repeatedly said he how much he likes Jack Johnson. So he doesn't view it as the problem that the rest of the hockey world does, where everyone else is sitting around like, we're good. <laughs> so it's kind of an odd deal from that uh, for them. And, you know, that's like Justin Schultz going into free agency, probably not going to bring that guy back. Yeah, uh, they've got to figure out what to do in net. You know, Matt Murray and Tristan Yari, neither one of them have contracts, so they've got to they've got to figure all of that out. There's been a lot of talk about potentially moving out Chris Letang. He makes over seven million dollars. He's thirty three. He's not the Chris Letang of old. Yeah, not they're even. they're in a really just a bizarre spot. And adding adding a a guy in Matheson who's a lefty who plays on the left side to a left a left shot dominated decor is just, it's just an odd fit. And then from Florida's perspective, you're, you're adding a guy whose body is breaking down, has three years left on the deal and is coming off of back-to-back 30 point seasons where, you know, they're losing Hoffman and Dadanov in free agency. And they're probably Hornquist isn't a top six player anymore, so right. he's probably going into the bottom six for them. I mean, why? Based on $5 what million dollars? Based on what we're hearing from why this trade isn't getting done, does Florida even want to play this guy at all? I mean, they, one of the major parts to be clear about holding this deal up because it has not been completed yet, even though the news broke about it is apparently there's a holdup with the insurance on these contracts to get them completely insured for injury and things like that. Yeah, and that's that's a, you know, that's an LTIR thing where Hornquist is continuing to break down if he can't play in the last year or two of that deal, then Florida has to pay for that. Yep. So, so. I, you know I, that, and that's if it's not insured. If it is insured, they're off the hook. Um, the player gets his money, and everybody kind of just moves on, right? And it ends up being a it ends up being a pretty successful uh, cap dump for them. But for right now, like if Hornquist is going to play, he's going to be healthy enough to play. That's a that's a future problem. But then that five million dollars is not an irrelevant amount of money. You know, one of one of the things that it's it's interesting. It hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but Sasha Barkov has two years left. Yep, on that fantastic deal. Yeah, that dude starting next year after next off season, that dude is going to become Barry Spenny. Like all of the conversation is going to shift to that cat. Yep. Is that guy going to get to free agency? Does he want to stay in Florida? If you were him, would you want to stay in Florida? No. You probably love living there. Almost all the players do. Yep. 
who go down there. They love they love living in the area in the state. You know that's no income tax and it's warm. And almost all these guys grow up in Siberia somewhere, right? Like I mean, move up the road to Tampa Bay then. Well, and, and well, I mean, they don't have any money. Right. They're gonna have obviously Barkov's never gonna fit in Tampa. But we 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 got a bunch of questions yesterday that were actually interesting about Stamkos. Yeah, I and what to do with him, and it was like, well, let's see if they win the cup first. Yeah, <laughs> place one is win the cup before they you even start talking about right out. But right, so we'll 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 get to Tampa Bay at some point because they are a very interesting spot. But like this, this Florida organization is in such a weird spot, and it's it's honestly it is not helped by the fact that they just keep drafting forwards. Well, not only do they keep drafting forwards, you're right, and they have like a silly top six. Like you said, they're going to lose Dadnov and Hoffman, and it's basically not even going to phase them. Right. But, well, and with Hornquist coming in, like Hornquist is still, like, he's still a guy that can, can play do, NHL hockey, yeah. can do things on NHL ice. He's certainly not the player he was, but he's the big, he's the big body that can kind of pigeon goals for you standing right in front and, you know, hard worker, supposedly a great dude. Like, okay, great. He's likable. Dope. But again, that's a bottom six guy. But between between Grigory Denisenko and Owen Tippett, they will be fine. Yeah, I mean. In that top six, like, they really should not be too concerned. Still have um, guys like Saren Noel coming too. Well, and, and like they're still trying to figure out is uh, Alexi Hepaniemi going to be anything. Doesn't look like it, but <laughs> I, I have doubted it for a long time, like crazy, crazy numbers in the WHL. But when you're really, really, really small and you play on the outside, yep, you just don't translate to North American professional hockey. He can go. I bet he is going to have a great Liga career though. Yeah. Over in the KHL or somewhere where nobody hurts him. Yeah. Any anyway, um, they've got they their their ability to replace those guys will be fine. Hornquist will be end up will will just be another guy that they're paying too much money to, and you know you go from there. It doesn't it doesn't address really anything for either team. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I guess like, I guess Pittsburgh could play Matheson as forward, but he wasn't particularly good there either. The the only thing I see it really addressing is if Florida's ultimate plan is to LTIR Hornquist and save themselves some actual money. Yeah. Which Florida's front office has long been at war with itself on internal caps and things like that. So, yeah. It's true. I mean, the giving up a uh, Trocheck for Howla and Howla is now a free agent. Yep. You know, oh, well, saved a little bit of money there. Got undoubtedly worse, but woo, saved some money that you wouldn't have had to try to be saving if you hadn't given ten million dollars to Sergey Bobrovsky. Yep. Uh, the other side of this this deal breaking, I guess, which is a little bit surprising, is first of all, Patrick Hornquist's for another year has a full no trade clause. So he has to agree to the deal, first of all. And secondly, apparently Pittsburgh hasn't talked to him yet. Yeah, there was there was a report today that they couldn't part of the problem was they couldn't get a hold of him. He's he's over in Sweden and they can't get a hold of him to ask if he would waive the trade. How do you let that get public yeah. if you haven't even had a conversation? What you doing? It's a it's a full no trade clause too. So this is public, and when they do get a hold of Hornquist, he could just say no, and the deal is dead. Right. You're, and all this conversation about well, can we get it insured? Can we not get it? Doesn't matter, dude. Uh, yeah. So, and if you're Hornquist, you're you're competing. You you think you're competing for a championship in Pittsburgh. Yep. Or you're going to Florida where you're competing to maybe make the playoffs yeah, for once. Not exactly great. If you're 33, do you have interest in that? I mean, 
there's always there, there's always the you go where you're valued, and if Pittsburgh's trying to get rid of you, then clearly you're not valued the same way that you were when you signed that deal. But at the same time, especially a guy who plays like Hornquist, a little bit of that go to the dirty areas, get yourself beat up. Right. What do you, do you really want to do for? that for for a playoff berth at best? Like straight up, man. It's. I mean, I would say, yeah, Florida is worse than Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is still rolling out Crosby and Malkin. And, like, even with those guys not having the same caliber of years that they normally have, that's that's a great starting point for them. Florida also has the massive $10 million anchor of Bobrovsky in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious how year two goes. Uh, if year two goes a lot better, then obviously that could be that could be a, thing a little bit, yeah. That really turns it around. But if he gives them another 900 save percentage, then holy smokes. Not good to say the least. Yeah, they've got to figure something out there, man. So that's kind of the news of the day a trade that isn't yet a trade and, and doesn't make a ton of sense. So things like that make me want to drink. So I better acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. If you want to grab some, we have eight different types of Breck brew on tap down at the DNVR bar. Awesome stuff going on there every single week. Obviously, as long as the Nuggets are around, there'll be watch parties for them in the playoffs and the conference finals. Those are awesome, but you got RSVP early for those. So be sure to get in on it. If you want your Breck Brew at home, use their Breck Beer locator online to find a local store near you with Breck Brew. If you're in Colorado, they should have a ton of variety of beers for you to try. One for everyone. Of course, we also have DraftKings Sportsbook, the sponsor of this podcast, giving out Sometimes it feels like they are really just giving away free money and it's not sports betting at all. They're still running their bet $1 on an NFL team. And if they win, you get a hundred bucks for new members to get you started off nice with a nice little purse in your DraftKings kickoff. So jump on that while you still can use code DNVR when you sign up or if football's not your thing, of course you can bet on a UFC 253, which is this weekend. They have amazing odds boost for the fights all the time. Baseball, basketball, hockey betting as well. Even crazy sports like badminton and table tennis. Anything you want to bet on, they have you covered over at DraftKings. So download their top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR promo code when you sign up to get amazing offers for your new account. Pick any team during week three for that $1 bet to win 100 bucks with that DNVR code again. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings sportsbook. So that's the news of the day. But over the week, we've seen some some other news start to come out about bubble life and, and bubble living. Yes, Tampa and Dallas are still in the bubble, but ESPN, Greg Wyshynski, and I believe Emily Kaplan interviewed nine unnamed players, five from the Western Conference bubble, four from the Eastern Conference bubble, about living conditions in the bubble. If you haven't read the article, AJ mentioned it on yesterday's show. Be sure to check it out. Head on over to ESPN, NHL Bubble Confidential. It was, I don't know if I'd call it illuminating, but... Certainly an interesting view into an NHL player's lifestyle. Well, it was it was interesting in that we finally got some something real. Yeah. Not these league approved league sponsors. Everything's great know, all the time. Yeah. Walkthroughs of 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 like, oh hey, like Tyson Jost is taking on taking us a outside on the roof where they're laying out and tanning and stuff. And right. Like, they're playing ping pong and you know it's it, it was a lot more of a realistic and gritty look at some of the issues that they had and i thought it was it was a very like given that we're in the middle of like this ongoing health crisis around the world especially here in the united states where we can't seem to make heads or tails of anything anymore yeah um it's 
it's gotten it's it's interesting because everybody's lives have changed. I I went and ran errands yesterday, and it was the first time since March that I had just like casually left the house <laughs> and just like went out and did a few things that I just needed to do. Yep. Uh, otherwise, it's been like delivery services, or I like pick my spots or whatever. And I was like, and I had I just didn't think about it, you know. Yep. I didn't think about the uh, the fact that I was just like, oh, this this used to be a thing that I did four or five times a week. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I, this was a totally normal thing. I can't even tell you the last time that I put gas in my car. Like I, you know, it's, it's totally changed my life and seeing the way that their bubble experience was where they're a, accustomed to a certain level of accommodation yep. and they're like, and some of the complaints that they had, it was interesting to balance this between this is tough because they're making sacrifices being away from families and not getting to see their loved ones while playing a game. And they're not making money doing this. Like they're not receiving salary during this. They get a per diem, uh, which was a point of dispute in the article as well, that players were like, Oh, we don't get a per diem. And the league was like, yes, you they did. get a per diem. <laughs> so that was also interesting. Um, but it was the whole piece was just a fascinating look at like their life. Yeah. And then you can't help but read this and then think, are they seriously complaining about this right now? Or you're like, damn, that would, that does sound like it really sucks. And I, I think, think it really there's some depends. Of it that goes both ways, honestly, but yeah. And, and your perception of it is going to depend so much on your personality. Yeah, like for me, like when uh, whichever player it was that was talking about, oh, you feel like you're trapped all the time. Yeah, that's like my worst nightmare, right? Like I, I like wide open spaces. I don't like to feel like I'm enclosed. I freak out if I'm if I think I'm in a enclosed space. Like I freak out. Yeah, I can't even when 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 I'm watching movies and like if there's people in like caves or like slithering around in like like tight space i can't even watch because i will freak out (laughs) but at the same time it was like these are these are like like hotels are like big yeah and this arena that they're in is big and that dressing room has a lot of space and it's like okay so you're not allowed to go into all these areas like i get it but like come on you're talking about feeling trapped like yeah in some cases, not only are you not trapped, you have all of the things you need to get through a quarantine without ever leaving, which has its upsides there as well. And and certainly credit to the NHL on that <clears throat> side of this conversation. Every player was like, yep, it was super secure. No one was in or out. There's yeah. a reason there's zero positive COVID tests in the bubble. Definitely. Um. The other side of it is, look, it does seem like they got some pretty fancy stuff in there. Yeah, when they were, it was interesting when they were talking about food. Yeah. I think that was part of, part of it that, look, if, Look, if I killed someone at this point, Rudo would probably have been in on it. So. <laughs> he probably would uh, say it, yep it, at that. He, I, would, he would. He would probably know about it already. If I'm not in on it, it's probably me that he killed. So. <laughs> also, yep. <laughs> so. <laughs> jokes, jo- jokes from chat aside. Uh, I think that it's. The food part of it was interesting because it was like, I can understand, like, you don't want to eat the same thing every single day. But it's like, you guys aren't sitting here, like, they're not, they're not giving you, like, Taco Bell breakfast or something. Like, this guy literally said, oh, this is the fifth time I've had steak this week. Like, come on. Yeah. And it's like... it's, Buddy, I was like, a college once. Like a fifth time you've had steak this week, as compared to like this is the twelfth time I've ate ramen this week because I'm poor. Right, like 
I got upset. There was a time in college I got upset when Walmart raised the prices of ramen from ten cents to twelve cents. Yeah. yeah. Now I like, can buy four bags instead of six. Yeah, where it was like it was like, look, this is gonna this is gonna impact my bulk buying, all right there. <laughs> like it was it was your your that was one of those moments where it was like you privileged ass mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You were like, look, I understand where you're coming from in the basis of like eating the same thing all the time. It gets old. It, it does, but it sucks. Like, it's just you want a little variety. It's why that conversation of, oh, what's the one food that you love so much where if that was the only thing that you could eat for the rest of your life, you would do it. You're like, none. After like day seven, I'd be over it. But at, at the same time, like, you know, it's less. like. Their nutritional value needs are still easily being met. It's not like they're starving in the bubble or anything. They're not they're not struggling to find food. Right. And like they're not they're not struggling financially, which was an also was also an interesting point at the end of it where guys are getting their hotel bills and they'd order thousands of dollars worth of room service. You would have thought the league might have helped them out a little bit with some of that. You would think so. I thought it was interesting because it's like the players didn't make money on this. I mean, they get a small playoff bonus, especially the ones that make it deep. But right, like they, your team makes you know your team gets X amount of money and you split it up between all the players. But I mean, you're talking like if you're if you're Logan O'Connor, you spent all year. In the age, pretty much in the AHL, make it seventy thousand dollars. Yep. If you get if you get an eight thousand dollar tab from your hotel, like more than ten percent of the money you made this year, that's a like, that's a problem, dude. Like yeah. you're you are you are not in a position to do that. If you're if you made six million dollars this year, you're fine. You sh- I should say you should be fine. If you're not, you you got way bigger problems than room service, pal. But like not not helping some of those guys out, like you know, like what what about a guy like Bowen Byram? Didn't even play pro hockey this year. Played in the WHL. Yep, has not made has not made any money other than the ninety two thousand dollars that the Avs gave him as a signing bonus. Is that dude living off his per diem for an entire month or whatever it was? The Avs were in the bubble, right? And it's like that guy still has to he still has to order food every day. He's still got to like. Those were things that it's it sure seemed like the NHL needed to needed to help them out a little bit more and not just be like Mah, because I, I understand that there's this perception of pro athletes like oh you guys you guys are just a bunch of millionaires think about how many guys went with the abs to Edmonton that that's not true yep you know like Kale McCarr great a great example that dude hadn't. He probably he does not have a million dollars, and Makar would be fine there. But yeah, I mean, he made eight hundred thousand dollars this year. Like he should be able to pay for room service, right? But Timmins, that's, Bowers, O'Connor, Dries, all these AHL dudes that right. Maybe they got a a cup of coffee in the NHL that made them a little bit of money, but you know they're they're not the one percent, <laughs> basically. Right, and even even the guys who are making. <clears throat> you know, even a guy like McCarr who makes $800,000, you know, if you're trying to be responsible with your money, who knows how much that I threw out an $8,000 number because it was a totally random number. But if you're ordering room service multiple times a day and you're there for a month, like who knows how much money that thing is? Yeah. Especially, I mean, you've got lot. tips on top of it. You've got, I mean, oh my gosh, it could just, whew. I just, I, that that I felt I felt for them on on that one like that they definitely there are problems with this on both sides to certainly it seems like the NHL oversold a lot of things in the bubble based definitely. on how the players responded to to all of this stuff you know NHL was saying oh you'll be able to go fly fishing obviously you can't do that cuz you'd have to leave the the bubble essentially to be able to do that um they the whole talk about getting families into the bubble just completely fell apart on them yeah and i think the family thing 
that's one where I'm I'm struggling. Like I'm when you compare their situation to the real world, like look, it's it sucks that they're away from their families. Yep. For two months. But one, that was an active choice that they made. They knew that they were doing that. And two, like just just given my life during this pandemic, yeah, there isn't a lot of sympathy for sure. Like my grandfather died. I wasn't allowed to go to a funeral. We we weren't allowed to hold a funeral service, like a an actual like service. It was gonna be a it was gonna be a Zoom call and like what are you f- no, we're going to do something real when the world returns, even if it's a year later. Yeah. I haven't seen my fiance since January. Um, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to cross the border. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but these, these dudes made these choices. They made these sacrifices. There's plenty of people there's, living that life because they have to. There's, there's an appreciation for how difficult that is, but I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying boohoo about that. Yeah, you know, and at at any point, as we saw with Tuka Rask, at any point, those guys could have decided that the family was more important and could have left. And what I and just selfishly, what I wouldn't freaking give to have that opportunity. Yep, for sure. You know what I wouldn't give to have been able to go and see my family when my grandpa died. What I wouldn't give to go see the the woman that I'm excited, very excited to marry. Whenever I'm allowed to see her next, because f all this, we tried to do everything the right way, and a pandemic is playing with my life now. So it was like selfishly, just because of what I've gone through, I'm like, I don't feel for you. And there are people out there who have it significantly worse. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you chose to do this. Like this was your call, 100. Like there's an appreciation for what you're going through, but. I don't really want to hear you whining about it. I do think on the player's side, there's certainly a lack of understanding of the things that they're getting to do in this side, this bubble completely (laughs) risk-free. All these guys talking about, oh yeah, all the players would go down to the bar and it would be packed and there'd be a ton of us in there and it got really old really fast. Okay, sure. But you also get to go to that bar without having to think, uh, for a second about it. Right. You know that everybody in that bar is COVID free and you, yeah. have, you don't have, there's, you're not getting it yep. because they, they're running a billion tests. Every time you and I go to the bar, go, go down to the DNVR bar. Look, we, we have as many restrictions and guidelines in place in that bar as we possibly can. Capacity is at like thirty percent of what we're what of what max capacity would be. Yep. Like we, but we we roll down there and it's just it's just different. Yep. Because everybody is keeping a distance and everybody is it's very different. They they were rolling down to the bar just to hang out with each other because they could, and there were no there were no concerns about any of that. Yep. The- and it's just like. It's like, look, I, I get that you guys are like sheltered and that you're you're kind of stuck in this environment, but seriously, like remembering remembering that there are worse problems going on <laughs> in the world. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people have it worse, and like it was it was kind of frustrating because the article just sort of failed to acknowledge that. And maybe there were players who who did have those feelings. Maybe those nine players they talked to, and it was just left out. Yeah, yeah, and it and you know it just didn't get brought up or whatever. But like, it would have been nice to be to to have gotten some confirmation that like, hey, these guys recognize that this is an incredibly privileged situation that they're in. But I I will say though that their complaints about the league overselling were super duper legitimate. Yeah, one hundred percent. You guys can't go on go out on golf outing unless the entire team goes. Like, come kind on, of nonsense what? is that? Yeah. How are you, you get you get any thirty you get any thirty five dudes together or any any group of thirty five people together, and there's a very low chance, like worldwide, there's a very low chance all thirty five are going to be like, yeah, golf trip sounds fun, right? Like, come on. I that that blew me away. Where it was like these. 
you guys you guys offered this this up but then you could you just couldn't make it happen the nhl the nhl over over promised and like that's kind of what they needed to do in order to make this work i'm i would say if they need to revisit this idea again in the future they've learned a ton but boy are they gonna have to sell the players on it yeah players are gonna want solid proof of what they're gonna be able to do yeah. <laughs> um and I even understand they first get to the bubble, right? And you have your teams moving around as units to prevent any cross-contamination if someone does get infected. Yeah. But you're two weeks, three weeks, a month into this bubble, and it's clear that the bubble is working. No one has been infected. At what point can you loosen the restrictions, at least inside the bubble, a little bit? You still can't let anyone out of it, obviously, but make some common sense changes. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like there needed there needed to be a little more common sense involved in it, but at the same time, the point was to finish the season. It looks like that's going to happen without a single positive test. Yep. I mean, that's I and I feel like overall the NHL should be lauded that that is a massive success. Because there were a lot of people that were, oh, the NHL shouldn't even be doing this. They're going to show up and people are going to get sick. Teams are going to get sick. All of this is going to happen. None of that happened. Yep. None of it. Did 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 the workers in the hotel and the arena, did these guys get hazard pay or any of that? I don't know. I would be curious to read that story. Um, they, they absolutely should have. And there should be legitimate outrage if they didn't. But... To be honest, overall, the NHL pulling this off is a huge success, and the players should be players should be proud of themselves. There were no idiotic stories of trying to dress a girl as a Seahawks player to sneak them into the team hotel or whatever. They got a they got out of that. You know, there was none of them. None of them left the bubble to go get chicken wings. You right. know the the NHL. Both the players and the league should be really proud of the fact that they pulled this, that they have pulled this thing off and that they, to be honest, from a fan's perspective, from a person who loves the game's perspective, I thought, I, I, I think it's been, excellent. It's been awesome. Yep. 100% excellent. I've, the quality I've of honestly, play has been pretty great. It's I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And you know what I, you know what I kind of loved was the lack of home road stuff. You really got to feel you really got to feel like just the better teams were gonna win. And and I definitely, you know, how Colorado lost makes that a little painful. <laughs> but at the same time, like I think that the I, I think that the quality of hockey has been has been awesome. Yep. Without reopening old wounds too much. Every team had a very legitimate chance to get the job done in every series, and yeah. they didn't if they lost. Definitely, I'm. I think this has been. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm. I miss the crowd atmosphere. I miss being in the arenas. There's nothing like being in a playoff game with a with a full crowd. Nothing like it. Yeah, and it's it's going to be great when we get that back eventually someday. Um, but I, I, I like, we're, we're being kind of critical of like the NHL fell short here and the players are kind of whiny babies there, but like full marks to both of them for putting on an awesome show. I think this went better than any of us imagined it probably would have when they announced the return to play protocols for a business that is ultimately about entertainment. The front facing product is everything you could ask for. Yeah, it's been great. They blew a lot of money to try and uh, try and live up to some of their TV obligations to keep them from losing even more money later. Yeah. All good and well with me. Um, whatever they need to do for next season in order to try and maximize the money aspect of it, I'm willing to be patient and let them and let them do it. You know, if that means they need to wait until February to start games, Fine. awesome. Yep, I'm good with that. Um, whatever, whatever the NHL needs to do. Um, I think that this is the first time 
in a very, very, very long time where you give the league full marks and you say, you know what? They've earned the benefit of the doubt. Um, they got it right. They crushed it. They have crushed this and could have could have definitely made things better. They, to be honest, they really needed to figure the family thing out. If that's that's something they promised to the players, they really needed to figure that out. I think that's the big step. Yeah, yeah. But. They really that's from a league from the leagues from a player's perspective. That's got to be the biggest failure from the league is that they promised this and came nowhere close well, to delivering. And and the other side of that coin is if the NHL is the only one doing it and they didn't deliver it, you say, okay, maybe this wasn't feasible. But you have the NBA bubble on the other side bringing in families yeah. and it's working for them. So Has not been an issue for them. Yep. So, and you know, the credit to the NBA too. They dropped their bubble into the middle of one of like the COVID hotspots in the world yeah. and pulled it off. And anybody that anybody that broke protocol instant quarantine yeah got him out of there so been been pretty uh it's been it's been an impressive showing from really both of those sports but certainly given given the nhl's long track record of incompetence and and self-sabotage this has been great to see yeah and even though i'm not watching the cup finals because i just can't stomach one of those teams. I'm really, I'm really thrilled that they're going to award the cup. Plus, having the cup up there for yeah, them to see it every cool. Super so awesome. cool. Uh, Anybody that's a fan of esports is familiar yeah. with that construct, but it's really awesome to see. Uh, it's really, it's it's really awesome to see the Stanley Cup just sitting there during the game. Also, really awesome owning your own home. Maybe I'll do it someday. Might be a while. But if you're looking for help in that area, Chevalier Mortgage is the place to go. Head to dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a very, very long time as members as well. Their husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Obviously, owning a home is a big deal. It's one of your largest assets, but also your mortgage is one of your largest debts. They believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. That includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Be sure to visit them at DNVR Mortgage or give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578. When you do visit their website, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat as well. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. Uh, Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. AJ, I know you haven't been watching that much. I have been watching some of the cup finals myself. Do need to talk about it a little bit. Series tied up one to one between Tampa and Dallas. I guess let's start in the place where all Avs fans had to go, yeah, we knew that was coming. Jamie Ben running around like an absolute goon machine trying to, to kick and slew foot people on Tampa. Is the league waking up to scumbag Jamie Ben? Um, sure. Like, if you weren't familiar that Jamie Ben did this um, and was this kind of player before, then, you know, he's he's only had like a like an eight-year career for you to figure it out. <laughs> right. Um, he hasn't had the opportunity to do it on a cup final stage yet, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I think that it's 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 been, as always, it's interesting to watch the fans of that team be like, bro, well, he's not the only guy who does this. Oh, <laughs> Jamie Brent's the only guy who hits people in the NHL? Wow, I never knew that. And it's like, he's certainly not the only guy doing this, but you watch the the prevalence of his antics in the cup finals and you're just like every shift man yeah like you and Corey Perry you guys are just the worst (laughs) 
then you have old uh, Flop and Joe Pavelski as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely Floppy Joe is uh, like <laughs> I don't even I don't even know. I I've been a big fan of Joe Pavelski in his entire career and I I have a ton of respect for a guy who has carved out the career that he has while being good at like two things. Yep. <laughs> like it's it's very very impressive what he has uh what he has built for himself in his career. But at the same time you know seeing seeing some of this is just frustrating. Yeah. Uh you know, yeah, it's great though. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to win the cup, I guess, is is Dallas's take on it. Um both teams have we've seen luck go both ways. I'll put it that way. Tampa has had some great bounces as well. Um Dallas has been a solid hockey team in this series. We've seen it swing back and forth. Game one, the first two periods was all Dallas. Game two, uh the first two periods was pretty much all Tampa Bay. And then the game's even out in the third period when another team tries to push back a little bit, but they both managed to take one game down. I do wonder if Dallas can survive the Tampa Bay onslaught a little bit because we saw them we saw them handle Vegas, a supposedly high-octane offense, pretty handily. This round before that, they did not handle the Avs' offense well, certainly not at 5-on-5 five five anyway. Yeah, we, uh, um, you know, <laughs> potential con Smythe winner Anton Kudobin had an 899 save percentage against the Avs. So we're not talking. We're not talking about a special goaltending performance. Is what got Dallas through that series. Uh, I think he had like an eight fifty against Vegas. So certainly he picked his play up quite 950, a bit. Nine fifty. Yeah, I'm sorry. Nine fifty. And eight fifty would have been bad. It's been it's been that tale. Game one, Kudobin had a nine seventy two. Game two, Kudobin had a nine oh three. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting to me, and this is just where my brain is right now, um, because I seriously just like I'm like go Tampa Bay, but I'm not going to sit through these games because I have yep. too much too much work to do. A lot of draft coverage coming. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, um, Kudobin's a free agent. Yep. After this, and like he's had a very strong career as like a high-end backup he's obviously 34 but like i i wonder where he ends up is there a team that throws this guy a starter job potentially or something crazy like that given given ben bishop's uh health issues right now you'd have to think that dallas obviously would be a leading contender to 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 bring him back yeah but you have to think like if especially especially if they win the cup yeah because that there's always that extra price tag of like cup winning goaltender like he's gonna get more money than the 2.5 million he got this year yeah and i'm super curious. like and it's not like this is just a playoff performance either for him he had a fantastic regular season as well so yeah, well, the last two years, he's had a 923 and a 930 since he got to Dallas. Now, obviously, like, they've been very defensive-oriented, and that's kind of the argument, right? Like, Carolina tried to make him a legit, like, starter, and it didn't go very well. Yeah. But other, like, he's he's otherwise had, like, a solid career overall. The guy's been good. And I'm just, you know, just like, just because my brain has, is in in off-season stuff and he's a free agent. I'm curious. Where's that guy going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Curious curious where he ends up. I, I think that'll be fun to watch. Just from a, a standpoint of how that plays out, either he wins or loses the cup and 10 days later or less, he's a free agent. Yeah. So 
not a whole lot of time to celebrate with that thing, to say the least. Yeah. Also, I I saw somewhere out there that it looks like everyone's day with the cup is going to have to be in region with their team, which is confusing to me. To, how, do you, how so? It means the cup is going to stay in the city slash location of the winning team the entire so, time. So, like, the stars are going to, like, take it to Pecan Lodge and be like, okay, it's barbecue day with the yeah, cup. basically. <laughs> So instead of everyone taking it back to Canada or overseas or whatever, yeah. it's gonna sit. So there. We're not gonna get to see. Uh, we're not gonna see Kudobin get to uh, uh, take it back to Kazakhstan. Yeah, it won't be won't be travel in the world this time. Won't see uh, Kivi Ranta throw it in Rantanen's face over in Finland or anything. But oh my, how, how funny would that be? He shows up and Rantanen's like. You serious? Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, I guess that's about it for the show today. Game three of the cup finals is tonight. If you want to tune in and watch, if you don't like AJ, I don't blame you at all. A couple other reminders. Our draft coverage behind the scenes is is well underway here. You're going to start hearing more about it on this podcast. But mark the date on your calendars. The 6th of October, big, big draft show live coming from us. Going to be a lot of fun for everybody. Going to have a lot of content related to it leading up. So keep your eyes peeled for that stuff. Yeah. If you're local here in Denver, we want to see you down at the DNVR bar with us in person. We're going to be having a bunch of giveaways there is legitimate incentive to hang out with us on draft night in person. Um, we're going to be playing games and doing a lot of different things. Um, really, honestly, even if the abs trade the pick before then and do something else, we're still having we'll a full blown draft there. show. Yep. So, so. <clears throat> keep, uh, keep all of that in mind. We are 13 days away from draft night. Less than two weeks. It should be fun. Even if you're not local, of course, you can always find us right here on YouTube. So be sure to hit that subscribe and and like all our videos. It helps us a ton with the channel. Always much appreciated. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you, everyone, for watching, listening, however you consume the podcast. You know the drill. We'll be back tomorrow, all that. One of these days, we'll get these guests on here for you when the NHL stops having news breaking. So... Look forward to that as well. And draft we should uh, we should be good <laughs> tomorrow for one of our draft guests. There we go. So now that we said that something will come up, but yeah. <laughs> something something will happen and we will have to adjust on the fly. Yeah. Given the week that we've had. Right. It's just kind of gone that way, but either way, we will talk to y'all next time. 